0: enter before that i take and edit into where the music is fading in hi w- welcome to the podcast welcome to the lost end podcast i'm eric and joel uh and yeah thanks thanks for uh coming to hang out with us today and music's out see that's where we're at <laughs> it's delicious i'm gonna use all that too it's gonna go in, the in there it's, it's gonna, line gonna be up the, perfectly it's yeah. gonna be the new intro it's gonna be just us saying the things that are supposed to happen but no music actually playing it's gonna be good uh Anyway, I just want to kind of start by telling us a little bit about yourself and who you are now. All right. So
1: uh, Diego, I go by Diego Munoz, Uh, I've been known to be called Gabriel uh, and uh, also my ego name, shall I say, and I'll explain that a bit later, Theodopolis Rex Finnegan. And there's a long story behind that of where that actually came from back in 2004 and 2016. So there's my TikTok tag, Dr. Yep. Finnegan. So uh, when, you, when I think of my educational background, oh God, going back. So I have a master's in behavioral psychology. I have a master's from the University of uh, Metaphysical Science and Research. And I also have, this is really funny and true, back at the 1999 to 2001, yeah. I ended up getting two degrees from DeVry, Telecommunications Computer Information Systems and Computer Information Management Systems. Granted, that was like 20-some-odd years ago. But uh, two bachelors, two masters, and three associates, one in theatrical arts, one in broadcasting, and one in voice and diction, believe it or not. That was back in the 80s. Uh, late 80s, to be specific. At,
2: uh, Not lacking oh, on God. ambition here. Yeah,
1: <laughs> Delmar. No, man, I'm still paying for that shit. I'll say it right now. <laughs> <laughs> that was Delmar. <laughs> so it was the uh, University of Kansas, Delmar uh, College in Corpus Christi, Texas. Uh, yeah, a lot of uh, different background. And uh, from the educational standpoint, there's a history on why and what. When it comes to people saying, you know, I used to self-identify as a psychic medium uh, for the longest time. And uh, why specifically in Earth Angel is uh, I would say on February 2nd of this year, I actually became self-aware and remembering a lot of things.
0: I have too many questions about all of your degrees and what jobs that led to, but I think we got a, a good baseline of like what you've done. I think we have to dive into that, but I guess uh, before all these occurrences or the the, the the big changes in your life, like who were you uh, growing up or as far as like religion and spirituality, what were your beliefs and what, what were you like as a, a youth? Well,
1: as a child, I was actually raised Roman Catholic, uh, it was down in... McAllen, Texas. And uh, beliefs, it's, you know, being in a Hispanic family, it's large family. Uh, I was raised basically, my grandmother had 20 children, two passed at young ages, 18 living. My mom was the youngest. She passed at 65 years old back in 2015. Got that right? And they lived in a haunted house on uh, that was hmm. Chicago street in McAllen, Texas. And on our Facebook, we actually have you know, one of our family Facebook pages is the address and the name Chicago, uh, from where all the siblings grew up. And now why haunted? Because 70s, 60s, 70s, you know, when the family members really didn't talk about it and I was growing up, um, I was the kid that actually played with ghosts, but to me, they were just, like, real people, so it's like, Ghostbusters, you got to go over there and tap them on the shoulder, see if they're real or not. Uh,
0: How old are you when that was Oh,
1: good. I was born in 71, so anywhere between four to five to seven years old to going into the 80s, 14, even now, <laughs> it <Yeah>. hasn't stopped. <laughs>
0: Well, you don't get to uh-huh. gloss over like the the ghosts hanging out with ghosts as a children. Like, like, wh- what was that experience like? What, wh- how, how did as that work? As real
1: people? So, you know, when I see ghosts, uh, and I know, whenever you talk to mediums, there's there's everyone's different as a medium. Some mediums will actually see apparitions. Some will see shapes. Some will see visions. Some will actually see them as real. I actually see ghosts as real people. Not dressed in a specific uh, time era. Like, oh, you're from the 1800s, you're wearing that kind of clothes? Nothing like that. They're just normal, real people.
0: They're all stylish uh, and up to the times. It's a like different dimensional just, crossover.
1: That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. As a kid, no one had the heart to say, hey, you know, who you're talking to? They just like watched me play by myself in the middle of the playground while I'm running around chasing things that, or, you know, as I would say, uh, kids. And I was having fun. I was just laughing, joking, having conversations. Adults then just did not have the heart to say, what are you doing? (laughs) Who are you you talking with? There was even one specific time I was uh, five years old. This was at my aunt's house right next to my grandmother's house down Chicago Street, where uh, my mom had uh, taken me. They were making tamales. I was in the front foyer room. And there was a little girl that was at the door wanting to come in and play and she would not enter until I opened the door. I remember this specifically, uh, whenever you think of memories, whether childhood, teenage, however, uh, this one specifically hit because the little girl taught me how to play green sleeves on the piano. And I remember this because my mom, And my aunt came in the room and they were like, oh, who taught you how to play that song on the piano so well? And I was like, my friend! And I'm pointing to nothing. Uh, It wasn't until I was 17 years old where they uh, disclosed, and that was probably in 88, where they disclosed there was nobody there. Uh, Now, for those that don't know the song Greensleeves, that was one of the original songs in Robin Hood with the Robin
2: hood, I think that aired. It was either the late sixties or early
1: seventies. The animated Disney one? No, no. The uh live action. Errol Flynn, Yeah. Flint, okay.
0: yeah. <laughs> that one. Ah, I'm glad you nice. sang it. That made it I I assume that's what it was, but I wasn't sure. <laughs> yeah. So what did your parents think about that back then? They did they did they ever say they didn't say anything to you about till you were seventeen? I mean, I assume that most of the time people assume that you just had imaginary friends, but right. your parents and your family probably knew otherwise. That's what I was thinking too. Well, on I'm my mom's side, since
1: they grew up with uh, you know since childhood, since my uh, mother and her siblings grew up in a haunted house, they really didn't talk about it very much because in the '60s, '70s, even prior to school, even going the '40s, uh, seeing things like that was definitely demonic. I mean, this is the age of when the exorcist first came out. And when anything of that stature was talked about, it was evil. It, there was nothing spiritual about it. It was demonic haunting, something's going to get you. So they, they basically kept it to themselves. Uh, and when you think of a large family like that, having various different events and some events, uh, coincidentally happening, you know, when they're all together, Uh, it it, it was how would you say locked up in their memories and minds as beard and hard because that was the culture they grew up in When, when you think of the 80s now even going into the 90s it was right at the premises of where it wasn't necessarily evil but how do we know it's good
0: and, uh, if they taught you how to play the piano, I'd say that's pretty good. I don't think that's what demonic entities would do. <laughs> yeah. Right, at least you
2: learned a really cool song, you know. Knowing what the family grew up in
1: and, and how it all happened and just hearing the different stories in general. And when, when you heard these stories, it was kind of like those bedtime ghost stories, but it kind of made sense to as I was growing up of the various Different events that occurred in my life, and when you when you think of luck, or you think of how could that possibly be? And I'll give you a, a prime example. Uh, my family, my brothers. I have a middle brother and an older brother. Did not know that I saw ghosts. And sometimes when you see ghosts, they're not, you know, when I when I saw the kids I was playing with, they were not all nice. And sometimes there was adults that were not all nice and, you know, they would just say things or yell at you or stuff like that, even from distances. In the 70s, I guess I would say then I'll be very transparent. I was tortured as a kid. Now, who was it? When you have two older brothers, you know, in the 70s, you're sitting in a chair and you're tied down with belts, so someone puts belts around the feet to hold it down, then belts around here to hold it down. And back then we had those little plastic walkie-talkies with the you know silver metal wiring. So they put it right here on the belt and shoved me in a closet, closed the closet door, take the other walkie-talkie, and make sounds. Lo and behold, what they didn't realize was when you do that to a kid that you know. I've had awareness of psychic abilities. Didn't know what it was back then since I was four years old. When you see ghosts and you you have these different experiences, imagine what you would have in a dark closet. As they're making moans and groans and a walkie-talkie that scare you, what's really scaring the shit out of you? (laughs) Chair moving, door banging, just uh, you name it. So it had a more stronger... Effect of how I saw the world differently as a child. Um, wanted to become a priest at the age of seven, so therefore I walked barefooted. Yes, this actually happened from six one six Walnut Street in McAllen, Texas, to St. Joseph's the Workers, and giving you the actual address <laughs> and the actual church. So when you do it, I think it's like ten miles, but a seven-year-old walking barefooted ten miles because the seven-year-old was so enthused in watching the priest bless the wine and bless the water. So what did I do? I blessed my own wine and water and just had, had at it with the host.
0: Uh, Does your, your experiences but, like as with the ghosts, was that kind of what drove you to want to do that, to be a priest? Like how did that how did that come about? Well, you know,
1: please keep in mind, you know, even at a young age, I didn't think there were ghosts. There were still real people. Okay. And you know, when, when I talked about these things, you know, no one really said anything to me. And I started realizing the patterns that I had in my life. In other words, when I got there the priest said, "Oh man, you know they need my family, so they called my mom, my mom came down. and uh, you know the first thing the priest said is, "I walking here 10 miles just to do this." was penance enough. He didn't even have to do confession, but we went ahead and gave him one Hail Mary, one Our Father, <laughs> you know, for confession. But when I when I think of what drove me to do that was passion for what I believed in. And, and to me, you know, as a child, you told about God, you told about Jesus, but it was more so about a sacrifice. You know, when I think about it, uh every time that I went to church moving forward from seven to 10 years old, my grandmother couldn't make it to church because she was starting to gain Alzheimer's where I would cut the host in half and take the other half to her. You know, when you think of these little things that we do and why I say patterns, it'll lead up to later on. And I, I don't want to allude to it now and the conversation because it'll make sense later. Uh, those, those small little things, intricate occurrences that we remember in our life that have impact. So going on to nine years old and, and uh, why I'm saying these specific events and, and as you're listening is because you think of the event, you think of no fucking way that could happen. <laughs> so nine years old, my mom's best friend takes her daughter and me to now, Let's see, this was uh, the FAR P-H-A-R-R Mall down South Texas. And that was probably better half of, I don't know, about 11, 12 miles in back. and back. in I would say that's nine years old, 71, so about 79, 80. Uh, it was more of like orange fields, corn fields, uh, not, you know, just highway in between, lemon tree fields, you name it. Back back in that day, I love this one carnival ride so much that I, I stayed on it. It's the one that flips. And anyways, this my mom's it. best friend couldn't find me, so she abandoned me at the carnival and did not call my mom. Holy shit! Now, yes, <laughs> I actually walked from when you know. Now I just told you I walked the ten miles to the church in the middle of the night while my mom's trying to look for me off pissed off at her best friend I was almost home almost I actually walked from that mall to 616 Walnut Street there in McAllen now I did that I wasn't barefoot at that time but uh still in the middle of the night for a young kid and, and cars driving by and anything could possibly happen and what's going through your mind well I you know when I when I think about that it wasn't why you know it wasn't about me walking alone? I was actually walking with a group of kids that was leading me back home.
0: You know, so ghost kids, right? I I, of... I, that's what I was supposed to pick up. From yeah, that. I was like, okay, There was a dramatic pause, and I was like, that's what I said in my head. And then Joel looked confused. And I was like, I think that's <laughs> what I, I got. You know, from that. And okay. that's
1: it. So when I when I talk about these events, you know, they they weren't you know once again. And I got to remember this: they were ghost kids, but they were there you know was a there was a group of us. And Shelby, uh, she's actually, and one of the cartoons I made, uh, Shelby was actually one of my best friend ghosts for the longest time. And I was, as I was getting older, she wasn't. And uh, you know, this is sound really fucked up, but she was actually my first date. <laughs> I dated a ghost. <laughs> I'll, <laughs> I'll be forthright, honest, right now. That was pretty pretty fun. Nothing ever happened. We never held hands or anything like that. And I understand why now, <laughs> but she's never left my life. <laughs> you know? I mean, every once in a while, she'll pop up, Hey, what's going on? You're getting older. I'm like, no shit.
2: <laughs> cheap, uh, very cheap date, you know? But I mean, don't get me
1: wrong. When, when I'm saying that dating we were 11 years old, <laughs> you know, it's right. always a very innocent, you know, kind of, kind of thing. And, uh, you know, even talking with my family about it, it was they just didn't understand. They thought it was his school friend until they realized, ah, oh, this guy's you know, there. He goes again talking about Brady sauce.
0: But you uh, still see some of the really- same, the same things, same ghosts you saw as you're younger. You still see them today. All of them, some of them. Is it location specific? Are they with you? A few. I'm just curious. No, no, no.
1: It's not location specific. It, it, it's a few, and every once in a while, yes. But not not consistently, but. There has been many, many ghosts out of my life. I'd say the one, excuse me, consistent. That's very interesting because uh, when I time shifted, quantum shifted. I don't like the time shift. It, it's uh, I have to explain quantum jumping in my own in my own uh, what that is. But when I uh, quantum jumped, the person was alive when I came here in 2019. Uh, the my. Priest friend wasn't alive, which was very interesting. We'll get into that.
0: Yeah, uh, noted.
1: <laughs> <Right>.
2: <laughs> Literally <Exactly>. noted.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> and then you know, just uh, just random occasions. Everything always was positive. There was nothing negative about the different experiences, even as a kid, where one would say, you know, it's pretty messed up. Can't believe that happened. It was still positive. At uh, I would say. The height of my teenage years, 15, 14, 14, 15, when I, want, you know, I, I wanted to be two things in my life. I actually wanted to be an actor. I loved acting. I loved everything about it. I thought Annie was one of my first plays my mom took me to. I thought that was the greatest show ever. For all of you that are probably laughing on this one, it's, uh, yes, Annie, <laughs> The Sun will come up tomorrow come out tomorrow. Yeah. Um, But I was 14 and and just the dancing, the music and seeing people your age on stage, you know, doing everything they could. But then the other part of me still wanted to be a priest. And uh, now moving forward, the 17 years old, I actually continued to pursue the acting. Uh, That's when I went to the junior college and started uh, taking classes there with uh, broadcasting and acting I was with the Texas troupe. I was actually in, uh, Greece at the time there in Corpus Christi. I was Vince Fontaine, the main brains from the stacks of wax to be AXX, which was the DJ for the dance <laughs> in the, in Greece. Um, a, my name is Alice, but that's more of a female play. As for me, I was just more so of the backhand stage, Biloxi blues. Stephen Baker, the handsomest leading man on the river, man with Steamboat, um, and the Nutcracker. Now, all still wanted to be a priest before I left Texas. <laughs> now, this is where it gets interesting. Father Sweeney, and I'm going to mention his name because he is uh, where he was important in my life as uh, being a priest, he was the priest that baptized me when I was a baby and, uh, you know, priest there at St. Joseph the Worker for a longer time. Wonderful Irish man, drank a lot as a priest. Uh, actually encouraged me also to become a priest, but uh, he was the one that actually encouraged the church that they it would be wiser to use my abilities in a different way rather than being a priest therefore the church i will just say the church uh, made a deal basically uh, they'll pay for the psychology uh as, so as long as um, i would just say i won't be a priest but they'll pay for my psychology degree at the time i didn't know why rewind a couple of years i was 14. my mother i saw my mother brutally beaten by my father. He was an alcoholic, a very bad one, and a very chronic, and uh, abuser. The one time, you know, where their episodes did not happen behind closed doors. My mom didn't have a GED. She dropped out of school for him, did everything for him. He was an alcoholic since he was in his teens. I missed a lot of my high school years. to put my mom through college, basically, to get her GED. And uh, to put her through college in, in the 80s, and college then wasn't what it was today. And she actually went to one of the local schools for pharmaceutical. Being a pharmaceutical, a pharmaceutical nurse in school, they would give you a, either tester pills. You know, there was a lot of samples that were uh, provided, and usually it was for identification. Now, why that's important is because now this is where 17 going to 18 comes into play is uh, at the height of my not knowing what I wanted to do, crushed not being able to become a priest, trying to become the best actor I could, uh, and my mom having a plethora of pills. And at that time, we were living on the ocean front uh, there in Corpus Christi in apartments. apartment, it was the peach tree apartments, actually. I felt that I couldn't handle it, so I ingested got enough, I would you say, pills that would uh, upshow Freud, <laughs> <laughs> if that says anything. <laughs> and if you don't know what Freud did, well, I'll talk to the horses that he snapped at I me. Mean, you know. I remember going out, and I will share the facts of what I know uh, from the other side, meaning I was chronically dead for about 20 minutes, declared dead. When I took the pills, I mean, I was out. Apparently, in my own voice, a call was made to 911. My mom was sleeping at the time. Responders came in, knocked down the door at this apartment complex and saw me lying there, and they actually uh, pronounced me DOA at that time. They they tried to revive me uh, on the ambulance right on the way back, and uh, even upon arrival, I was uh, still declared dead. One thing I can tell you from uh, dying: two things, time is non-existent. If you can perceive this, and maybe I can do this on this call, Joel, mark the time mentally right now, and you'll see what, I, what I, you'll see what, what I mean by this. What, what I, I have a tendency of doing this when I when I talk to people what might seem 10 minute conversation will turn into an hour or just turn into a very lengthy conversation and it won't seem that long. But then time actually catches up at the same time when, when uh, reality uh, all sets back in. But going back to the, to the death part is there are many people that say, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel, there are many people that say they, uh, you know, saw this, saw that. It varies for everyone differently, uh, death that is. and there's no right or wrong answer for anybody. There's, there's no specific, oh, it's purgatory, or you're, you're stuck in limbo. No, not at all. From what I remember, specifically in detail, is I died, but I wasn't dead. I woke up, and I wasn't... In an apartment complex, I wasn't in a hospital, I wasn't in an ambulance, I couldn't see myself floating over a body, anything like that. I was actually at a party, and there was some pretty Mm. badass music that was playing. You know, people dancing around, it it almost felt, have you ever watched the movie Labyrinth, where she's walking into the ball, except it wasn't that elaborate, you know, where people were all dressed up in masks. Nothing like that, but it it was a dance party. But I I saw this woman that was uh, laying down, kind of in a fetal position, and and I I picked this woman up. And I I don't know why. Something inside me felt guided to take her to lie down in a specific spot, specific location. And as I was carrying her, you know, she she was like really in and out of it. Something just felt that everything was going to be okay. And uh, a part of me remembered that uh, Sleeping Beauty, you know, you give Sleeping Beauty a kiss, maybe she'll wake up. So uh, I, I did that, just a soft, right on the cheek. I didn't want to say she vanished, but wasn't there a part of the dream. Neither was the dance. Now, uh, here's where it gets a, a little bit more complicated. When you think of a karmic judgment, or however you would say, imagine if you actually you know, saw your own angels, or just saw angels, and it almost felt like a infusion. Think of God's science project. If God decided to infuse a little bit of an angel inside a human soul and put them together and smash it like one God dang Oreo cookie, what would that taste like? Well, it felt like that, uh, but it didn't seem like that because I couldn't actually comprehend what the fuck was going on being 17 years <laughs> old. I didn't know what. And then I woke up vomiting liquid charcoal. Uh, apparently, during the process of reviving me after being chronically dead for 20 minutes, they had already uh, started pumping my stomach, thinking I would come back to life. And they were shoving liquid charcoal down me, came out of it. And I started vomiting up liquid charcoal. And that's when they said, holy fucking shit, this person's still alive, (laughs) resuscitating me, uh, you know, doing, you know, everything they possibly could. And uh, at that point in time, that's where everything else started to happen in different ways. Here's where it gets interesting. I decided to take my acting career to New York. <laughs> I wanted to be an actor. Fuck it. So uh from the psychology that I was still learning and everything at the time, traveling to Florida, living in Florida. Uh, Orange Park for a little while and then Altamont Springs right there working for Walt Disney World. Yes, I was the teacup at one time for Beauty and the Beast between 1990 and 1994 on stage at Walt Disney World while an understudy for Phantom of the Opera in New York. And I will say just once, (laughs) but I did Phantom of the Opera in New York, which is really awesome. Nice. You were I'll still studying psychi-
0: psychology at the time, too? I uh, was. <laughs> how, <laughs> yeah. how did your your psychology, love, and mind grasp what had happened to you? And, and did you did you analyze yourself or how did you? Because, again, yeah. if you had like a religious background and you had this medium background of seeing ghosts and then you go and do something, go and die and see these things, like how do all those different versions of you – Interpret that, and what do you what do you take from that first? I guess I don't want to go too far away. From yeah, that. I've also so got talk some more questions yeah, no,
2: before no. we get too far away from from that experience.
1: So, think of behavioral psychology when when you start thinking of your own behaviors. What's the first thing as a scientist that you're going to do understanding your behaviors? What are you going to look for?
0: Oh, don't I'll ask, ask us; we're either. not that smart. <laughs> <laughs> you, you have to answer that one. We'll just we'll just take that as rhetorical and just stare at you. It's easier
1: patterns. You'd want to start looking at the patterns in, in your own behaviors. And then you'd want to start documenting what those patterns are. Uh, from a scientific point of view, when, when you think of practicing medicine and understanding behavioral psychology, if, even if you start to identify patterns, you might not grasp the, the behavior of the pattern, but then you start asking yourself why. Now, When you're in your young 20s, I can guarantee you, you're not going to ask too many whys. You're just going to say, fuck, I'm having too much fun. New York, psychology, church paying for it. I'm not paying for shit. (laughs) Working for Walt Disney World, having fun. (laughs) Until what happens in your late 20s? The world starts to crumble around you. Now, what I mean by that is You have growth. You start thinking of family, start thinking of what you want, and you start putting your own, how would you say, emotional feelings aside for something greater. Thus, it was 1993 ish, late 93, going into 94, when I said, okay, you know, if we're going to move back, now this is with my first wife, but we're going to move back to Missouri, Grain Valley to be specific, Blue Springs. Oh my God small little towns to start a family because her she had a family there that gave me the opportunity to say, okay, well, you know, KU is not that far and they have a wonderful psychology department. So why don't I just finish off my degree there at the university of Kansas and, and get the master's and everything. Uh, it was perfect. win-win opportunity now in, uh, my late 20s, the first thing I thought about was, actually was mid-20s, uh, having children. So when, when I think of answering that question of uh, thinking back to were they ghosts, were they not ghosts, are they real ghosts, what, what do I want out of life? I can't be the priest, but they're paying for my psychology, so I'm going to have fun with that. And then acting... I would say that would probably be the first self-awareness of me thinking to myself: Am I schizophrenic? Do I actually have multiple personality? <laughs> Am I gonna, What kind of medication do I need? I'm taking, uh,
2: you know, Ritalin at the time. Um, what if you don't mind me asking? What was it? That they wouldn't allow you to be a priest then, because Father Sweeney knew what my knew
1: at the time what my abilities were, based on what he was looking at. The Now, I I can't disclose this. I can't disclose which church or anything like that. The church at the time needed psychologists to determine, go into certain situations and events to determine whether it was a psychological event or a spiritual intervention. Gotcha. Uh, That was me. And because of my ability of being able to weed out, read into or just have the ability of looking at energy and looking at things way differently Uh,
0: did you get called in to do things like that did you was there any interesting stories that came from uh weeding out if people were uh I still have my cross. so like possession versus uh just sort of psychosis so you had to you had to determine that in people
1: I would say probably about 1% uh Of the cases that I've dealt with, I would almost go to 2%, but 1% of the cases I've dealt with uh, was demonic possession. I would say about the other 99, 98% was actual psychotic events. Uh, But even when you think of the power of psychosis, uh, a belief is still strong enough to uh, make anything happen. You know, not necessarily throw things across a room or anything like that, uh, when I speak of something that's truly demonic, it is truly uh,
0: really demonic It only asks those questions I guess because we've talked to people that I think that have had uh, extraordinary experiences but sometimes w- after doing the homework there that's where I don't know people can start questioning those things and and start, you know, trying to figure out where that came from. You know, the same thing you were saying. Like you're, you're just taking those skills that they're paying for and, and turning it on yourself. Like, you know, is that you had to take the abilities that they're helping to 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 grow in you, and then try and take yeah. that same focus and turn it on to yourself.
1: And that's the hardest thing because when when you think of you know people saying cycle analyzing right now they use a different term uh, shadow work. Now oh, you're cycle analyzing yourself. It's not shadow work. It, 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 tomato tomato. <laughs> when, when, you, when you think of, uh, of understanding uh, the concepts of culture, and it's a book I'm writing, The Culturalistic Awareness Learned Mentality, uh, all three of us can be living next to each other, house next to house, but since we grew up in different cultures, is the awareness that we have within ourselves of understanding the culture that we grew up in the learned of what we're learning from each other and, and our individual experiences uh, because when, you know, I, I would never fully understand Joel or uh, without fully being in your shoes the whole time that you have been in your entire, in your entirety of existence and going through those different emotions and feelings and the mentality One can say, I truly understand, but no one can say, I truly understand your experience because they haven't had that experience. Right. Similar experiences, yes, without a doubt, something that is correlated, yes, possibly without a doubt, since each event and experience varies differently from one to the next, uh, can one truly understand unless they're... I guess you say in the thick of it. If that's okay. the best way to put it. We'll skip a little, uh, little bit ahead from now getting my master's uh, divorce from the second wife, having two children, uh, son and daughter, and then meeting my second wife. It was uh, December 2nd of uh, 1998. Uh, it was 10.49 p.m., Java break, Lawrence, Kansas. She was actually. This was after I got uh, my degrees. My first degree. Uh, in the other one. So she uh, was. Let's see. Best way to put it. These student Tourette's. First semester. 18 years old. I was 26, going on 27 years old. And I read 64 years into her future. Now. When you think of uh, karmic connections with people, and uh, man, I wish I could bring bring her on this call. It would it, it would she could validate a lot of other stuff, which is very interesting. Uh, now I'll just uh, say her first name. I won't say any last names or anything for the protection of uh, where they live or anything. But uh, her name was Lauren, and uh, we were together for nineteen years. Now, what's important about uh, our experiences, because at that time, working for the church, uh, all the different cases, doing the ghost hunting, and then going back to patterns. Uh, If anyone were to ask, how would I describe myself today, I would say from the spiritual or from the uh, psychic side, I would say that I'm a modern-day Ed Warren. And for, for those that don't know who Ed Warren is, Ed and Lorraine Warren were the first psychics, per se, that actually came out uh, publicly and uh, factually did investigate the Amityville Horror and other cases. They have done movies. I would say some of the movies are elaborated to an extent. Mm-hmm. That would be The Conjuring. But they are based off of their cases. Uh, why do I compare myself uh, to Ed is because he had a tendency of just items ending up in his hands and his house, haunted items or however. I actually have a house full of haunted items from all the different cases of, uh, and, and different events. And I do have I don't want to say it's an Annabelle doll but I do have a doll that has been uh, tested by other psychics, other mediums, um, actually have a mood ring on it, and have been tested by scientists on how does this 1810 Romanian doll that still looks brand new give off enough heat to change the color of a mood ring, which the liquid is only... <laughs> is. That is a whole other ballgame.
0: Yeah. Between uh, your... The near death experience and this this situation. Did you have a lot of experiences between then that, that that as a medium, or was it kind of the same things? Did your life change at all, like from the near death experience, or do you feel like it was it was pretty much the same?
1: I would say you know it was pretty. I was more involved with the family, so there were small events, or I would say there were events that popped up that that how it said the universe would randomly throw out there. But nothing as extravagant. It's like playing with a toy. I guess, you know, I was more so involved with completing school, understanding what the church really wanted, doing uh, small little events here and there, but uh, more so focused on the family. And, and when I think of um, those occurrences, it's, it's kind of a blur during that time. And, and I would say that was more so on, how would you say? When one truly loses oneself mentally uh, because they're, they're, they're so focused on allowing to give so much of themselves away versus identification of who they truly are. Does that make sense?
0: Yes. I don't
1: want to lose on that one. In other words, it's um, you ever had a time period in your life where you just... Don't remember you lived it, but
2: my 20s. I
1: really remember anything. There you go. Yep, that's it. You're right. <laughs> anything that you significantly did. I mean, yeah, your 20s. That's when a lot of that happened. I, you know, I was young when I when I uh, got married. I think I was 19 at the time when I got married and I divorced at uh, that? 25, 26, seven years.
0: Which is always curious because like you've already had a lot of uh, exciting and different things happen to you and you probably already had different perspective where I think a lot of people probably had more, uh, I don't know, maybe problems existentially or like, you know, some anxiety and things. And like a lot of people, when we, you know, hear about their near death experience, they come out and they no longer fear death or they, they just live life different. Like they go in like one religion and come out another or or come, go in and come out with no religion, and, and then they love everybody equally. I yeah. just didn't know if, like, you had an epiphany like that, or if it was just like, uh, just another another day in the you and you and the dead.
1: So that I failed to share with it, and I apologize. Studying world religion, you know, as a as side, and I never got a major or anything out of it. But I did write a thesis on it of understanding, you know, the true nature of, con- you know, Christ consciousness. Um, on my own accord, I decided to study world religion, and not only study it, but put it into practice in various occasions just to understand the religion more. Uh, so when I think of a blur from my early 20s is uh, because I was just more, more involved with the education, more involved with the understanding, and more involved with the family, that I put everything else aside. All my goals of being, you know, wanting to be that priest was just pushed aside. All the goals, uh, you know, the discipline, I the, the say goals and disappointments and opportunities of acting was just pushed aside. Just, you know, flat out gave up the acting career. Why? Because my, you know, first ex-wife, she, she wanted the family. And it's not to say this in a condescending way. Please don't take it wrong. But when, when you think of giving everything up that you loved to start a family and I loved my children. So it was the best choice I could ever make. And I, I would make the same choice. That's losing a part of yourself. And that's what I was referring to is those, those parts of your life where you know it happened, but what the fuck happened? <laughs>
2: you know? Right.
1: Yeah. That's where you, you get lost in, in, you know, your own self identity of who you are. What, what do you stand for and why? Um, So it was 1997 when when I divorced with my first, and then that's when I, you know, after that uh, divorce was about six months, and that was end. Of, I'm sorry, beginning of '98, six months. If you can figure the time frame, and then it was December. It was middle of '98? Yep, uh, December second. And I remember and this is instead how you remember the date specifically of the most impactful time of your life. Now. Going back to not dancing around the, the question that you asked, it becomes second nature to one when, when you have these abilities, even if you're not cognitively aware of the abilities that you own, that you possess. And Everyone has the same abilities. I'll, I'll start off by saying that first and foremost. It's not a rat race on who's better than who or who can do what better than however or, you know, that this person can do this, but this person can't do it. It just is of what I was capable and able of doing. And as time went on, it just became second nature. Even the death part became second nature. Uh, Going through behavioral psychology, it was almost numbing of what that death was and almost a blur, but it wasn't a blur because I still remember everything specifically. But then when you... People call it, excuse me, uh, spiritual awakening. When you think of your first spiritual awakening, uh, what does that mean? And usually the first spiritual awakening to somebody, to many from a behavioral psychology point of view, is you're self-aware of identifying you, who you are, what you stand for as self-existence there are many people that walk through this earth and go through the motions every day robotically and have the anxieties, have the depressions and have all these different emotional feelings without fully stopping and saying, wait a minute, this is me. This is a part of me. Mm -hmm. This is who I am. And when you think of, That alone doesn't start at the same time for everybody. When I think of four years old, when all the crazy shit started to happen, even in the TED and then progress as a teenager, and then kind of blow it off, you know, in my early 20s of, it's just, you know, natural. I really didn't put focus into it until that night of October, I'm sorry, December 2nd.
0: Um, I feel like I built a good bridge between that story to where you were going. Look at the skills I provide. (laughs) You're welcome. Take notes, Joel. Take notes.
1: (laughs) And why that specifically, you know, it's not to gloat or brag or anything about, oh, you know, I I read my second wife's future, you know, 64 years into the future, blah, blah, blah. It is more so of how I was able to, to see things. And when you think of what you see, it's not exactly the way you think it is. Prime example, I told her, you know, at that time, she was going to have two sons and one daughter. Now at the time I had my son and I had my daughter and she was a second mother to them for 19 years. Once again, you know, she met my son when he was four years old my daughter when she was 14 months. Eventually, through time, when my daughter grew up, and I'm just going to fast forward, but I'll rewind, kind of like a Francis Coppola movie of Godfather Part Two, uh, when my daughter was after she graduated high school, she was non-binary, and she actually chose to become uh, uh, change gender. So when I when I think of what I saw then of uh, having a son, my daughter becoming a son, and I can't have kids. I, I couldn't have kids ever since after my uh, first wife. So I could never pr- provide uh, any children to my second wife, and that's one the biggest reason, actually, why we divorced As uh, Still really great friends. When you think of, you know, what she truly wanted, and, you know, I, I had to be man enough to step away from the relationship, and say, I cannot provide this to you. I'm not going to allow you to sacrifice the rest of your life of not having any children. Therefore, walking away from the re- relationship six months later, she ended up getting pregnant, and she had a daughter.
0: Like, where does that vision come from? And then what does it look like? Do you see the future? Do you see? Do you see like I will, a notebook? What do you see that like tells you that that's what it's going to be?
1: I will demonstrate it to you towards the end, to you, because <laughs> we've never met. We don't know anything about each other. We're not friends on Facebook, and this is the first time that we're talking. So, we'll put it to the
0: test. Okay, slightly um, terrified, but that's okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> don't be scared, shitless. It's just you know, it's second nature.
0: <laughs> no, I was just curious because, like, when you when you hear those things, it's like it's it's cool that, that that happens, but it's just like you know, I I envision everything like a movie. I, and I'm just like you know, it is. You see like like the it's, like it's a Christopher eight Walken
1: film and
0: it's- yeah. Well, I was thinking yeah, of uh, that- the Dead Zone. You know, Christopher Walken. You know, talking about that Absolutely Stephen King story zone. where yeah. he goes up and he touches somebody <laughs> and he just zooms in and then he sees something. They did a good uh, skit on that on Saturday Night Live as well. But you know, I that's why I always ask those questions. It's not a the flash. question what why what happened. It's the question like what that looks like because I think we talk to people that are like you know I. Did ayahuasca with a shaman, and they're just like, and then they're matter of fact about it. I'm like, no, no, no. You gotta tell me what that looked like. So that's why I was curious. Like, you know,
1: so I'm gonna get into it. Let's dive into it. <laughs> so, do uh, you want to hear about the crazy years with the uh, second X, the paranormal? How far do you want to go into that? The paranormal, the exorcism, Stull, Kansas, Ninth Gates, um, the recordings.
0: Oh no, it's so much. I don't I don't know, I don't know where to go. I'm just you you got so much to say. I just have to keep pulling you back to things to get those details, but now like I don't Yeah, I, I still have the questions about the NDE.
2: <laughs> Let's hear. Well, okay, so going back to when you when you started the experience, th- did I hear you say uh, that you had called your your mom and is that why the EMT showed up to knock No, apparently
1: home? I made a call to 911,
2: but I was dead. Okay.
1: So whoever made that call, and they actually had it recorded,
2: the 911
1: call, and they identified as my voice. But the doctor said that couldn't be because I was DOA, which means during the time that I was dead, who made that call and why? Can I? Interesting. Yeah.
2: And then the second part to that question: um, when it when it started happening, and when you came back to life. Did you experience any sort of shifting in sound uh, going into that process and coming back out of it?
1: Um, Coming out of it? Yes. It almost felt like, um, you ever, you know what it's like when you put earmuffs on or even the noise canceling and you hit a kind of of noise, kind of like suction. Mm -hmm. Uh, it felt like that, like like a um, like when you when you when you have your earphones. That's why I can put it. When you have your modern day earbuds in, and you, you don't have the tran- you have the transparency on, and it's not noise canceling. But as soon as you put that noise canceling in, everything around you just kind of goes. It's like a, not a pop, but it kind of just How would you say? Uh, you, you could feel a vibrational uh, push pull. It's something is very awkward feeling.
2: Something I want to ask everybody uh, that has experienced an NDE, what what happened with them? Because that was something that I experienced uh, with mine.
1: Funny that you say that, because NDE, believe it or not, is very similar to quantum shifting, quantum jumping.
2: Let's get into that.
1: 2003, yes. Going into 2004 was my first, I would say, actual. Uh, How would you say self-awareness awakening? Why do I say that? Because that's when I first got my tattoo. Archangel Gabriel, the invocation sigil of the Archangel Gabriel, 69 uh, inverted, is Celtic for Cancer. Um, As soon as I got that put in my arm, it felt like I had put a talisman that was Harry Potter magical And all the crazy stuff started really happening of understanding of uh, the human capability. I don't know if it was a mixture behind my behavioral psychology, a mixture behind all the cases I've done, but just understanding the belief system of what one is truly capable of doing. And it is very hard when you are experiencing these different experiences – and then trying to explain something to a loved one that may not understand. Lauren, my my ex-wife, and, and, and I'm not proud of this moment. This is one moment I, I will share, now. and I'm not proud of it, but she was goading me to a point of proving it because she couldn't see it. She witnessed all these crazy events, spinning so fast on the dance floor, causing the bottom of my boot to... Uh, create a hole hole (laughs) on the bottom of the boot since the boot was wooden and the floor was wooden. Uh, Levitating off a bed four feet in a very magical way, not that you would see in the exorcist, and half the body coming out telling you everything's going to be okay, where I was so frustrated that I pulled half her soul out of her body and actually gave her PTSD for the better half of seven years. I'm not making this up. I don't know how else I could word it. Why I'm not proud of it is because when you think of what the human psyche, when the, what the human is capable of doing as a light being, it's not where you look at an object and say, oh, I'm going to make it move just because I'm looking at it. The human existence is Totally and fully based on emotion and feeling. If you took everything else away, all that is left is emotion and feeling. Whether you put labels of growth to it, whether you put labels of anything. When you fully give yourself bridging your gut, bridging your heart, and bridging your brain together for all the neurites within your gut, your heart, and your brain. Now, what are neurites? Neurites is what actually creates uh, memories inside the brain. But the heart has its own neurites, thus leading into understanding why the heart is so emotional in itself of obtaining, retaining its own memories and same thing with the gut. When all three, three are bridged and you have the strongest emotional feeling behind, whether it's for good or bad in this case, uh, totally um, angered, not anger towards her, but anger towards they had to prove something, and then having an event occur to where the other person explained to you when it only lasted two seconds, but to them it lasted A lot longer, enough to give someone PTSD. So when you, when you, when Eric, you asked the crazy things in between, there are so many positive things. But why I bring that one up specifically that's not so positive is because regardless of how good we say we are, wherever we choose that we land on the spectrum, it is what we are truly capable of doing when we allow ourselves to acknowledge and appreciate the true nature of what we have inside us. And and, and that's powerful. And that's where now I'll skip some of the juicy parts from the exorcisms and stuff. People are like, oh, talk about that shit. I want to know about what happened. (laughs) I will say this. I do believe there is a heaven and hell. I do believe there are angels and, well, I'll use the word demons as a label, but angels are angels and angels do not see each other as demons or angels. Angels see each other as angels. But if you if you, were if one that does not understand the differentials between there is good and evil and there will always be that infinite spectrum that's bringing me and as to how quantum shifting. Please do not go on TikTok and look at that. I quantum shifted yesterday and changed my life forever. No, it doesn't fucking work that way. <laughs> right now, it does not work that way. How it works. And for those that truly have done this, we'll 100% relate. At the epiphany of my understanding, my life, walking away from my ex, going through the divorce because I couldn't have kids with her, and then understanding six months later that she chose to hook up with the ex-boyfriend from 20 years previous to have a child while you're not divorced yet, and still being very good friends with your ex. We actually talked about quantum shifting and quantum jumping, and... You know, when you talk about it, it's one thing. It's like, oh, you know, what's the possibilities? It's like, you know, the TV shows and stuff. No, no. So I did it as a joke. I I didn't think it would be possible. Eric, you ever been to Mars?
0: Not yet.
2: How do you know? Same.
0: It could could have happened in my 20s. Right, Joel? Well, I mean,
2: (laughs) that's the only way. That's
0: the only way. No, I don't know. So I'm going gonna, I'm
1: gonna, I'm gonna to throw this out at you, and I, I want you to think of this per- perspectively and I, I want you to have an open mind. Okay. For every, for every choice, there are two choices you could have made from the time that you started making choices. For every choice you didn't make, there's a branch. For every choice, so on and so forth, there's branches, branches, branches. Now you're talking about a multiverse. Yeah. Because they can't just be together. Thus, they're layered. And when you think of all the different choices from when you started making choices to now that you didn't make, potentially could have made, there is a higher version of yourself. So think of a spectrum, you know, half circle, infinite version of all those different choices. One side of the spectrum good, one side of the spectrum bad, however you want to say whichever side, doesn't matter. Equivalent for the highest good, the highest bad so on and so forth. There's no middle part because when you think of infinite, I wouldn't even begin to fathom where that middle part is. Although, based on your choices that you are currently making, there could have been similarities and timelines that are so close to each other that the variants are not that far off. Now, in this grand scheme of version of you. We're just talking about you specifically. There is a highest version of you. All these different choices that each infinite version of yourself is sending up. to so the higher self, which thus, the higher self knows the perfect answer. Each carnate version of you is not in the same time frame, era, time zone, whatever you want to say. Same race, same, same planet. What? 98 billion years? You think this is the only rock floating in this grand scheme of quantum field energy with cold physics energy and dark energy that we're the only ones? No. So therefore, if I pose the question, have you ever been to Mars? Well No, your linear timeline now, you have not. But if you knew you have then do you have to travel there if you have already been there? Kind of like having the gut feeling. Everyone says, you know, trust your gut. Go with your first feeling because your gut's telling you that's 100% factual. Your higher self is already giving you the perfect answer because the answer has already been equated. You're just finally arriving to that specific point in time that your gut is giving you. How did your gut know the answer before you did? And I'm just using the metaphorics of the gut being your higher self. If it hasn't already existed. Now, there's no coordinates. There's no magic time machine. There's nothing like that. But if you can picture what you believe is possible the higher self will not necessarily jump to another higher self when quantum shifting. The higher self will jump to a lower self to bring the lower self up higher. So when you think of now quantum shifting, quantum jumping, and you think of the timelines, because the choices you made in one timeline is different from the choices you make, you don't know where you're going to land or anything like that. You just end up. And when you end up there, you don't know the timelines until you start talking about it. So when I arrived, and it was, uh, God, 2019 December 20th, um, fucking in the morning time. I was no, I was at night, discombobulated, totally freaked out, didn't know what was going on. Nothing seemed the same. I mean, it's not like where my planet was green and you know the sky was purple. No, but my oldest brother that lives with me now uh, had died in the first Gulf War, and he is living with me right now. My daughter actually died when she was sixteen. These are certain things I don't want to talk about, but I am. Uh, I haven't talked to her apparently since I was since since uh, she turned sixteen but I don't know why Uh, my best friend, apparently that claims to be my best friend from high school. Anyways, I have no fucking clue who this person is. And they're like, I've known you all my life. I'm like, I don't know who the fuck you are, but then you have all these pictures showing that you've been with this person. Like, when you think of that, in other words, the small intricacies of it's, not your memories it's not what you remember that's not how it happened that's quantum shifting that's quantum jumping but it's not where you have the key to turn back and go back the direction that you plan to go back it's like okay I'm only here for a couple of years and I'm going to go back it's only a science project now if you actually do it you're fucking stuck
0: <laughs> how does how does that happen for you and and why I mean is there any is there rhyme or reason to that?
1: Uh, no, here's what it's going to be very interesting. Uh, my belief, my perspective, yes. Out of all the patterns that I, I realized in my life, uh, everything that has occurred and what I've learned, my growth, uh, February 2nd of this year, I became self-aware of what and understanding an earth angel actually is and having memories. And, and when when I say having memories of not just this incarnate life, but incarnate lives. For those of you that don't know what an earth angel is or are very skeptical, uh, I would recommend there are a plethora of thousands of videos on YouTube on how do I know I'm an earth angel, so on and so forth. And I'm not the only one. I'm not claiming to be the only one like Highland or anything like that. But I can tell you I'm part of a second wave. So prior to me arriving here, there was a whole first wave. And uh, a lot of that first wave came at the wrong time and a lot of them fucking died too. When you think of the second wave, it's almost like Uh, bringing awareness and then the third wave is the ascension and a lot of the third waves are starting to arrive now what is an earth angel we actually come to earth as light beings and we go through the karmic existence of humanity we are flesh we bleed we think we're stupid we do stupid shit like anybody else because we chose to disconnect ourselves from a higher source, but destined and have a specific purpose, which some understand that the earth angels, when they are born, some understand later in life, and some have a destined specific time and place of awakening to where why, well, not a question to even ask. It's just understanding the purpose.
2: So in the quantum, the quantum uh, jumping it reminds me a lot. I don't know if you watched that show Quantum Leap that was on in the nineties, but a lot of that sort of. Oh, god! It
1: was that the was eighties, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, was it the nineties or eighties? Maybe it was the eighties. I I I grew up. Um, I was born in eighty one, so I remember it being on TV, sort of when I was a kid.
0: I love that show. They <laughs> remade it. it I didn't watch the way. remake. <laughs> I'm, I'm loyal to Scott, Scott Bakula.
1: <laughs> now, quantum jumping is very much similar. In other words, it's based on the emotional understanding and belief of existence. If you believe, and it's not just, well, you know, I believe that it's possible. Now, if you know you've been to Mars, then you don't have to travel to Mars. If you know that you've been on, a, oh man, I'm having a brain fart, and, and with the uh, Alpha Centauri, I always, I always talk about that planet too. Uh, Proxima, wonderful place though, by the way, third moon, uh, actually habitable and livable, but based on current stats, it'll take the some time to get there, but who's to say that you can't quantum shift there and quantum shifting happens instantaneously. If you want to put the motions to the movies and when you think of movies, I like how you brought that up, Joel, there are many movies out there that we can look back in time and say, Oh, wow, that exists today. Take this how you want. Here's the big mind blower for all the religious fanatics or witch fanatics or any fanatic, Everything that you've ever read in your life, anything that you've ever seen in your life has only and always been developed or written by another human perspective, regardless of belief, regardless of belief, because it now stems to the variance of what one believes in their behavioral psychology that stems and disconnects or connects. Disconnects as in for the person that says, oh, this is the only way it can be. Connects for the person that says everything is based on love regardless of what it is and how it exists. Now remind to remind everybody and, and, and y'all, there are levels to everything. So when you think of love, without going into too far depth of understanding there are so many different levels to what love is and a meaning of frequency and vibration.
0: So, do you think that the the quantum uh, jump has to do with the your history and the the Earth Angel piece, or is that just coincidence? I do
1: actually, based on the uh, you know all the different happenstance patterns that have occurred throughout my life. Uh, understanding, was it just luck? Was it luck that I made it 12 miles as a kid walking home? Did I have my guardian angels with me? You know, when you think of, and I'll say for, since y'all are alive, for everyone that's listening, when you think of the patterns in your life, looking back, you could call it karma. You can call it charisma. You can call it luck, strength, willpower, whatever it is. There are waves of patterns that have occurred throughout one's life, not exactly at the same time or in specific time and date, but there are patterns of events that allowed growth to occur. And once the growth occurred, the pattern stopped. But the pattern, if you put a singular word to it, sacrifice, or once again, willpower, or charisma, or luck, It always seems to be that specific word as you progress in the growth of one's individual existence. If you know that there's a pattern that's occurring, even currently, and you recognize those patterns, well, then this is where scientists or scientifically proven would say you can control the pattern. Therefore, if you can control the pattern, well, everyone, of course, controls their own growth, but if you can control your own growth and understanding, just maybe, depending on how much you actually believe in your own existence of what your potential is from within. Everyone has power, but it comes from within.
2: And belief makes everything real in, in every scope of human existence. Intention That is 100%
1: beliefs. correct. But because we all have different beliefs and the way that we see things differently is now how the fabric of the universe in calculative ways brings us together at specific points in our life for us to understand just a tad bit. Whether it was a moment in time, whether it was a week, a day, whoever it is that the universe brought into our lives and why, because at that specific moment in time, we took something from it for ourselves. for What,
0: what is the the purpose then of like the role of an earth angel as opposed, does that change your purpose in life or is that just what has caused all these things to happen to you?
1: Self-awareness and purpose for others. Believe it or not, I'm more of a servitude to others. Um, when you feel like that's a says, lot
0: of people, but they just don't know it? Like, that's just a thing that some people are, and they're just not awakened to it? Or that's just part of the human existence? Where does that where does that come from? And, no,
1: it's, it's like, um, imagine if Joel asked the universe in his own way. Then, you know, he did, Joel doesn't say, you know what? I, I, I'm asking, you know, I need the universe to just bring someone in my life so I can better understand. But imagine if Joel had some similar correlative thought of, you know what, I want to understand this more. And maybe that's all he thought. Didn't even say it out loud. And then you have someone like me that has the karmic beeper on saying, Joel, hey, the universe heard you. You know that. That was like two and a half weeks ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, guess what, pal? Well, I got the beeper. I'm the closest one to you. It could have picked someone closer, but no. <laughs> the universe chose someone like me to come to... Joel and say, you know what? You really don't need to understand in teaching. You just need to understand what you want more in life and
0: take it. But getting back to where we were before, I think, uh, and I don't know if I'm, I'm jumping too far ahead, but like, uh, I know that we talked about like the, your NDE and you were, you, you picked somebody up and, and you, you kissed them and they, and they poofed, they vanished. Uh, I kind of want to get back into that because I think we kind of talked about where that's yeah,
1: after quantum shifting, jumping, meeting that person here and then listening to that person from their perspective. tell you, what they went through and why, and remember what you did.
0: How did you end up meeting this person? Like how did, how did that encounter even happen? And where, how did that conversation start? <laughs>
1: I've been into crystals and stones and fossils, I want to say, for more than 17 years. And I've been studying the energy of each one in combination. Anyways, we had a mutual friend. Uh, <clears throat> I didn't realize that it was a mutual friend. And uh, that friend had uh, encouraged her that I had a bunch of crystals and that uh, it would be beneficial if this person contacted me and they did, and came over, and I, once again, not in the same way that I did with my, uh, with my second wife, but I read a little bit into their future, and it was almost in spurts, uh, you know, and that happened in 2019. Understanding it was that person exactly didn't occur until about a month later, because when you quantum shift, you're still discombobulated in your head of what the fuck is happening. You're not thinking about who's what, or I remember you. Truly, we're connecting at a Christ-conscious level of understanding each other. We start realizing, hey, wait a minute, you're this person. Yeah, even though the looks might have been different, or the, when you give a part of yourself to someone, and they give a part of themselves to you, that energy does not change the face the look everything else can change the way you feel in a physical way of the being when you think of that energy exchange you can never take that back because that energy signature will always be theirs and will always be mine
0: so she was familiar sense. to you and you had connected but like how what was the moment that you knew that this was the same person and like how did you how did you guys share that without, you know, with, without knowing that?
1: Uh, same date of death, uh, same time of death. Uh, but it occurred, uh, almost a little bit over a decade apart from each other because of, of age, it wouldn't have, there would have been no correlation, you know, that it would happen at the same time that I did mine and, and she did hers. Um, I would talk about the experience, she would talk about the experience, I would talk about the experience, you know, and it was just a, a total understanding, but then from her perspective of what took her into her NDE, which uh, that would be for that individual to speak on, on their behalf, uh, it was a mutual understanding of how could that even possibly be.
2: Right, that's, that's pretty wild and amazing. To have that uh, synchronicity there, yeah. Uh,
1: And I'll I'll tell you, it's it's not a twin flame, not a soulmate. We don't even know what that is. You know, we can't even. We joke around every once in a while, saying brother and sister, sister karmic soul, or the feminine, masculine karmic soul part.
2: Hmm.
1: but it, it's you know our dynamic of relationship is, is nothing romantic or anything but more of the strongest higher understanding of, of what love is if you had a masculine self of yourself or a feminine self of yourself
2: so yeah i wanted i wanted to ask more about like the timeline in that occurrence because this is like a really Special thing to talk about when it comes to near death experiences. Um, Meeting somebody else inside of that experience and having it come from a completely different time than the date that it happened for you. Like, so, like, a decade off, or uh, how far apart in time uh, were these occurrences? Uh,
1: 89
2: to. God. I'll leave that for a
1: surprise for her to tell you.
2: Okay. Fair enough.
1: Specifically, uh, I would. Re- yeah, we'll uh, leave that up to the full understanding. But once again, when when I think of uh, birth dates, and I think of time frames, and I, I think of you know when when this person was born and. The age I was um, when you think of decades off and then there's there's the rich history also if she chooses to share that behind of what led up to that part
0: and just so we're clear so for those who are not privy to the conversation before we had planned on uh, having the conversation with both parties at some point so not today but there's a, there's a story there later which is why it's so cryptic so you'll have to follow along. Stay tuned. You'll have to follow along.
1: <laughs> Everyone has a level of ego. There was no such thing as an ego death. There will always be a level of ego, regardless of its minimal or however. Now, why am I bringing this up specifically? Is because when you think of ego as an emotion that will never go away for anybody regardless of how you say, well, I don't have ego. Okay, that's ego in itself. It's like saying, no one is, you know, this person is not narcissistic. Everyone has a level of narcissism. The given, I mean, take it how you want it. But when you think of those levels, there are so many different levels. Now, in 2016, I wanted to do a social experiment. I wanted to see what it was like to become a social influencer and destroy it all at once. But part of me was like, well, I can't put this crazy shit out there. So what if I took control of my ego, created it like a puppet? In other words, if I knew that I couldn't kill my ego, but I can control my ego, why wouldn't the ego itself be its own personality and have multiple personalities, you know, in other words, uh, portraying. So, In 2016, Dr. Finnegan was born. And I started, you know, the best way to ever become a social influencer, be honest, be yourself, and share your life experiences. So that's what I did on Instagram when uh, IGTV was just coming out, and you had had like 10,000 followers and such. Now, to me, it was never, ever, ever about the followers. It was always about the views. So once I hit 100,000 views, how to destroy it? One, you stop making content. Two, you piss off a couple of people. <laughs> it's that simple. And three, now mind you, this was back in 2016 when uh, TikTok was just coming out, and everyone was like, don't do TikTok, it's from China, which it isn't, which is even funnier. Uh, <laughs> when, when you think of being that influencer – how do you piss off somebody say a joke <laughs> you know? say something and back then in 2016 this is where people were at the height of their i'm just too emotional <laughs> so it didn't matter what you said people were still on the edge
2: uh imagine that getting worse <laughs> <laughs> <Right?
1: No. laughs> it wasn't like that where i came from so Basically, I just stopped making content. You know, the followers just started going down. You know, people started just exiting and exodus all together. Well, it was uh, last year, it was last year when I had really bad insomnia. That's when I got my uh, Michael sigil on my right, right arm. So, literally, I have angel sigils on both arms. I'm carrying angels on my shoulders. Uh, where I started getting really bad insomnia, and then when you think of shadow work, and I know I I use a different label with it, uh, psychoanalyzing, the best part of realization for anybody is you you just put your shit out there and not give a shit what other people think. So why have a shadow block where you're putting your darkest whatever stuff that you're working on and keeping it to yourself? Now, here's real shadow buck. Go to Facebook, create a page for yourself, and put your darkest shit out there. So I actually have uh, Facebook, Diego Munoz, my regular page. There's the Dr. Finnegan page. But then there's also a Diego Munoz page that has my darkest shit on there, <laughs> from exorcisms nice. to cases that has videos that has, you name it.
2: Sounds like a training course here. I like this.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. And why? Because when you think of your individual experience, why would you worry about what anyone else would think? It's your experience. Bottom line. No one could ever take that away from you. So Eric Joel, whatever your experiences are of anything and everything, no one could ever take that away. So why hide it? Why be ashamed of it? I'm- why run from it? Well,
2: I'm hundred percent with but you. I do this with my personal one. And I think this is a, an important thing. Like you, you put your struggles out there for the world and you bring in people that are sharing those experiences to help them through those experiences as well.
1: It felt liberating after I put that out on Facebook, because then it was November of last year where I started saying, you know what? I am going to make a cartoon version of my younger self. so on uh dr finnegan's youtube page i actually started making small cartoons and at first i would say the first seven episodes was little cartoon characters dancing to the music of um, beetlejuice musical until i said i'm going to put words to these characters because those personalities so believe it or not, when you go to YouTube, Dr. Finnegan, and you start scrolling down and you start seeing cartoons that are two minutes, three minutes, up to 44 minutes long, I'm actually sharing my life experience as a kid talking about the different events, Shelby the Ghost, you name it, in a way for maybe someone else to understand later in the future if they choose to watch it. And once again, to me it wasn't about the views, it wasn't about the followers, wasn't even about the monitors of the the money. It was a way of me telling my life story, putting it out there, and whoever watches it, cool. But I did it.
0: I like that because I think I watch more cartoons than I listen to podcasts. That's a hundred percent true. So <laughs> that's that's my. Oh yeah, and, and when I you like think that.
1: of now, here's here's the crazy part. It's uh, Zepeto. Z e I'm going to advertise for a second. Z e p e t o Zeppetto is a, uh, almost like a Facebook slash Instagram, however you would say for all ages that do, uh, cartoons in uh, South Korea, Taiwan, China, and it, it It would have been a big hit. It's awesome because it's cartoon avatar. So, Joel, whenever you see those cartoons, I don't know if you've ever seen any that I make, uh, they're like little 15-second videos, but when you put a 44-minute video with all of them together, like how the hell did that...
2: (laughs) Right. No, I can only imagine. I have literally dreamed about animating a show uh, with voiceovers and doing stuff because I produce and record bands and things and have the microphones available for it uh for voiceovers and I've been wanting to do that so yeah I may connect with you on how to get Yeah I see a
0: collaboration oh, yeah. yeah that get that going <clears throat> It will have all the the links so, to all this below so if anybody's listening you'll 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 be able to access all this crap so crap I mean so that's so not arrived that That's a bad that? your your links your content I, I that was not the right <laughs> You will one. be able to access all of this All the things will be at your <laughs> button pushing leisure Yeah, that's what I meant. That sounded bad. I just That's just how I talk.
1: That was the second wave of me putting out there of my life story as a kid. Uh, Father Sweeney, you know, what I went through. And then uh, it was February 2nd where I went on a TikTok. It was a little bit before then where I posted all my old Instagram videos, as much as I had saved, mind you, from 2016 on TikTok just for the fun of it. And then when I started becoming more self-aware, I was like, well, wouldn't it be cool if I just started making small clips and movies? Now, here's the way I was thinking about it. If there are a million people making a million 15-second videos, why do I have to reinvent the wheel if I was a director, an actor, and I can make production – why not, and it's totally allowed, and don't get me wrong, I'm the, I'm the person that's going to ask the content creator, hey, can I use this? I really like what you do. If you say, no, I'm not going to use it. In the beginning, when you think of conscious, collective conscious voices, the videos, if you just closed your eyes, it was different voices, but they were saying messages within the videos. And then that's when I revived Dr. Finnegan telling the story. And it's, it's very funny when I, when I think of this in my own head, behavioral psychologist. Now, Eric, I'm going to answer. This is where I, a lot of, you know, earlier in the conversation I said, I'm going to come back to this because you'll find this interesting. Psychoanalyzing oneself and, 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 thinking of how to tell your story. Well, if I had multiple personalities, it's just that ball, if I'm that, crazy enough to take 64 milligrams of ADHD medication twice a day because you're borderline insanity, including Asperger's, everything else in the way that your mind thinks. If I were to create these shows, entertainment, why not put my life story into it? Thus, uh, the Rex Finnegan. Uh, Dr. Finnegan, that, that was the uh, original name, Theodopolis Rex Finnegan was actually giving Dr. Finnegan an actual name, Theodopolis Rex being a nickname that a sister gave him, Boo Finnegan, which was my sister that passed away when she was not born. Um, so I, I would have had a sister, but in my timeline, Boo Finnegan is a rendition of what my sister would have been since uh, she would have uh, been alive.
0: How how many different uh, places are you sharing that? Like, what are are all the different uh, different social medias that you're on sharing these?
1: Uh, Facebook, Insta, YouTube, uh, TikTok. TikTok has the majority of them. Uh, But uh, YouTube has more so the cartoons that are too lengthy because I was making 22-minute, 44-minute cartoons.
2: Yeah, I've seen some of the TikToks, yeah. but not the YouTube ones.
1: Uh, I would say stay tuned to the channel because it, you know I would really love to come back if y'all if y'all choose and talk about the different cases individually and actually have like the doll I have uh, and show that on video um, when when I think of the different cases that i have been involved with, including exorcisms. Now we'll say it the way it is. Trust me, when you're that guy that goes into a place and you're determining whether it's a psychological or a psychotic event versus a spiritual intervention, if it's a spiritual intervention, you just don't walk away from it. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's where you know good is good and evil. There's some fucking evil out there. Um, uh, but for that, uh, I, I want to say thank you to both of you for acknowledging and allowing me this time it's very appreciative
0: and uh it means a lot no it was great and i yeah, think like, sure, there's a lot of things that i mean for the time we have like i think there's a lot of things to deep dive on and i think we definitely have to circle back and like it's hard to when we're trying to cover like the the, the higher level of all the things that you've experienced i think there's definitely an opportunity to go back and get into those details i think like Half the time we're going through this, like Joel and I, I think, are both kind of itching to get into that. But I think we want to make sure we cover the whole story. And if, yeah, if we want to go back and, and talk about uh, the different pieces of it, I think that'd be excellent. Because I think every time we walk away from one of these things, Joel and I end up uh, walking outside or walking somewhere and saying, here's all the things we want to do. So we'll, we'll definitely come up with that list and uh, figure out how we get back together to hit some of those details. And if you got some things you you didn't cover, we'll we'll go over those as well. I, oh, and the vacation yeah.
1: that you plan on going on, save some of that money. Um, actually, uh, make sure that you fully understand where you're going for vacation and how much you plan to save in the next few years of where you plan to go and why.
0: This is my future? <laughs> Subjectively,
1: we continued.
0: <laughs> Damn it. See, this is how he gets you. Like he's now. Now there has to be one. It has to be soon because maybe I'm already planning a vacation. You don't even know. You don't know. You're just listening. I'm just a voice in a box that you guys hear.
2: Was that well? Uh, yeah. Was that one for Eric or was that just a general? Objectively <laughs> think about it, Joel. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. I already, I already picked up on that one. <laughs> yeah. Well. Thank you, man. We appreciate your time. And like I said, uh, we'll be in touch. All the links will be below. So uh, if you need to check out all this content, again, like the cartoons everywhere, uh, some of the stories I think we covered probably goes a little bit deeper than some of the things uh, we've seen. So more to the stories to follow up on them, I believe, right? You could see more of it there. Uh, We'll we'll have your TikTok, your Instagram, your YouTube, all the channels below. Uh, And if you are Listening to this and interested in, uh, you have a story you want to talk about. Uh, you're more welcome to also contact us. Tell your friends. Tell tell everybody that's got something interesting, and uh, we'll we'll have a, we'll have a chat. So, thank you, man. Joel, any parting words? Say something um, smart. This is for the end. You better say something <laughs> smart. This is, this is, again, music's fading out. Joel uh, yeah. say something the funny.
2: <laughs> I'm just I'm just excited to listen to Green Sleeves now.
0: <laughs> All right, dude. in the in the outro. Here it goes. Green sleeves. Hopefully it's not copyright. And sorry, there we go.
2: Done. One one time only.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure it's probably public domain.
2: So.
0: <laughs> yeah, if it's public domain. <laughs>